This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Someone started screaming, you need to come out here and meet us. It's the least you could do. We, we pay your bills. But I was like, excuse you. You are going to ruin it for everybody as if it isn't hard enough to try and have an interaction with them, which they don't owe us anything. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million. And this is the podcast where we take the piss and debunk music fan stereotypes. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. So Sarah, would you like to tell everyone the very awesome conversation we just had today? Yeah, so you guys were like super pumped on our toxic fandom discussion that we had a few weeks ago that we thought that, well, we decided that we needed to continue this conversation because I feel like every week we're like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And this time it truly was just the tip of the iceberg because as you guys heard, like there's so many different like offshoots of how fandoms get toxic. So we invited um, three fans on who have different experiences of like music industry and just life. And we all came together and we talked about what it's like being a super fan for an artist, like not from the outside because they are like active in their fandoms but sort of from the mindset of like yeah this is insane like people, like people shouldn't be attacking like Taylor the, good, the bad breathing. and the ugly yeah exactly and so it yeah we just had like a very in-depth conversation about what it's like not wanting to be a part of like toxic fan culture from like the fandom perspective itself Thanks everyone for joining us today. Um, I'd like to introduce our lovely guests. Today we have Cassie, who's 21, joining us from Glendale, Arizona. And Cassie has been going to shows as long as she can remember and traveling around the country to see them as well. And she's a musician for fun. So Cassie, can you tell us um, about the fandoms you're a part of that you're gonna be talking to us about today? Specifically today, I'll be speaking about Catfish and the Bottlemen. Um, that's the only active fandom that I've really ever been in. Awesome. And then we have Taylor's 27. Um, she's currently in Orlando, Florida from Chicago. And Taylor works in the music industry as a festival and concert photographer and has shot festivals all over the country and is also a musician. Uh, Taylor, what uh, fandoms are you a part of? I'm actually been like in and out of a couple and like I keep thinking of more and more. My big one is Taylor Swift. That's why I'm in my sweatshirt. Love her. Obviously, my name's Taylor. Um, I'm also in Cascade Connect, which is Cascade, an EDM DJ. That's a pretty big um, group fandom. I've dabbled in like Little Monsters with Lady Gaga, Backstreet Boys, Demi Lovato, Lobotic. So I'm kind of in and out all over the place. And I like to just see what's going on since I work in the music industry. And last we have Jesus, who's 25 and is my personal friend from Austin. Um, Jesus is an art director and is also a pop artist under the name Sobbers. And a fun anecdote is that 
Jesus and I went to University of Texas at Austin together, but we actually met before either of us were at UT Austin. We met in line at a 1975 show. So we we go back to like 2014. Yep. All right, Jesus, uh, why don't you tell everyone what fandoms you're part of? Um, Same as Taylor, I've been kind of like in and out of fandoms and I... um, I guess it's like the whole topic of the fandom, but I'm currently not as involved in any of them online, I guess. But as a person, I consider myself a Swifty. So I think just to start things off, at the points that you guys have been like active online as part of fandoms, like what has that culture been like? And like, if you've stepped away, like what made you decide to do that? Um, Jesus, since you said that you're not as active, do you want to start with this one? Yeah, I think for me specifically in like the Taylor fandom, there was like a huge divide, which I think it honestly like started with her. Like she was very active on Tumblr. So there was like a certain like breed of fans that were on Tumblr and then another breed of fans that was like on Twitter and then like the casual fan. Another big one is like the, they just like focus so much on like numbers too, like how much she sells and like use that to like kind of like fight other fandoms and I was just like I'm not I'm too old for this like I'll support it and I'll like stand and I'll post buy the album at Target special edition like four times the vinyl the signed copy I'll do all the things but I don't know about interacting with all of y'all anymore. (laughs) Taylor um, what was your experience like with the Swifties? I definitely agree also like the fact of people just were like oh she's too good it's too good to be true like she can't be that way And I think just the way people started acting like toward each other and definitely there's a difference between fandoms on Twitter and like Tumblr and everything. Like there are people just still getting into it for no reason. And like, I've even seen that go into like the Lovatics fandom because like I love Demi, I've loved her for years. When she OD'd like three, four, however many years ago that was like almost like people were like, oh, I'm done. Like, she's a drug addict. I can't do that. And it's like, she, again, she's like a person. I feel like in situations like that, it's so much more important for those artists to know that, like, their fans are still, like, behind them. Because I feel like Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you know that, like, when you decide, like, oh, I'm going to go this route where I'm going to try and become, like, a musician for my job. Like, you know that there's, like, certain things that come with that. But at the same time, it's like, when you get a fandom like they're supposed to back you like they're supposed to care about you like that's the whole thing that's the whole reason I would assume like at least in my like opinion and like my like life whenever I've like been like oh like I really love this band it's like you care about them like if something bad happens to them it's like you're upset and you're like how can I make them know that like there's people who don't know them that care and so when people are like bye yeah it's like like, they're a human like what do you expect yeah Definitely. Cassie, why don't you tell us about your experience with Catfish and the Bottleman fandom? I'm, I'm still currently active, the Twitter Catfish, like, universe. And it was really fun at first. I had such a fun time. The shows were great. But as the years progressed and the fans got worse, the band is, like, virtually not active on social media. They don't have their, like, their own personal ones. Van McCann hasn't posted on Instagram three years. The comments are turned off. They used to come out and meet people. And now it's really luck of the draw if you get to meet them. And now they have a security guard. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I've noticed is like 
we went from having so much fun and then being really excited to see us and doing these radio contests and everything to 2019. And they had uh, this big beefy security guard with them and he would stand by the bus. And like, if you wanted to wait right there, he was there. And um, that's when I started to notice that like things kind of took a turn and that's when they stopped being on social media. And I think it's um, how people have acted toward them. And it's kind of sad, but I'm still active with my friends. I think Twitter is a lot different. Uh, I see now that everybody is like flipped since they're not active to BTS or other fandoms. But once they, I mean, once they tweet one time, they announced that they were headlining at Reading and Leeds and everybody was like, gotta book my flight. Guess we're going. Then everybody was active again. But um, unless they're posting, nobody's really posting. I just feel like it's really interesting. And I feel like we've sort of like talked about this ourselves, like in other conversations, but like when bands are in that like weird sort of level of fame where they're not like A-list celebrities, at least not in America, but they are. So like, you can't really go out without at least somebody being like, is that like who like what's going on like I feel like that level is almost scarier than like Taylor Swift level of fame because like you can afford like a huge house and like security that's like not as like obvious and stuff like that whereas bands like Catfish or like that sort of level it's like you kind of don't have any of that like way to like push privacy onto people instead you have to be like really obvious about it instead of just being like look at me behind my gated like like big mansion it's like oh like they're like still in a flat in London or like wherever they live and like have to like have somebody like post it out in a car and it's just like crazy how fandom can just get to that level where it's like we have to protect ourselves now in a way that's like very obvious otherwise like where you don't feel safe yeah I think a lot of people are um angry with them and it was over really stupid stuff like they're not, this song isn't on the set list. Um, so people would scream it out every night, but they're promoting a new album. So they can't play everything off the first album that we know and love. They always closed with the same song. It's called Tyrants. And now they don't play it anymore. And that was like a really big thing on Twitter. It was like, can't believe you cut this from the set list. I'm unstanding. It's kind of sad to see how, how fun it used to be. And now it feels almost like when I go to their show, I really have to have like my guard up. Because people are really mean there now. I'm just, like, thinking back to other ones, like, I've been in, like, coming from Chicago. I was, like, a huge Fall Out Boy fan because, hello, Fall Out Boy's in Chicago. And, like, I mean, people, like, when they came back from the hiatus, oh, my God, I, like, I'm going to admit this. I stood outside of, like, sub waiting. Like, I could, I have pictures of them upstairs, like, practicing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> but people were so freaking mean because they're like, well, I can't get in now. So like, I'm just not going to be a fan because they didn't sell enough tickets. And it was like, dude, they announced on a Tuesday they were coming back. It's Thursday. Like, yeah, the tickets are going to sell out. But, like, people get that way about, like, certain things. I mean, I was a Jonas Brothers fan when I was in high school, too. But then, like, it reached a point that people just started, like, turning against each other because with that it was three guys and it was like well no this one's mine this one has to be mine well you can't like this person because you look this way and it just like it got super catty and like stuff like that then they're like kind of like okay well maybe we don't need like this and then they went away for however many years and just came back now because I think so many fans just started like getting at each other and like they became so big like yeah they wanted to move on with their lives but at the same time you wonder like how much was it that 
all of these fans went so psycho, like not to say psycho, but like they got over obsessed and did that turn them away from fame for a while because they wanted to have privacy. Hey, Sus, do you have any thoughts on that? I guess like Billie Eilish is like a huge one. Like I, I discovered Billie when she was still on SoundCloud and she was super like down to meet fans and like uh she like she was always super nice and super sweet and now it's like completely insane like even like at when she played the last time that she played south by there were signs at the door that were like do not let this person in because they're like a crazy like fan just like at random bars at like huge events and it's like a huge i mean at the time she was maybe this was like two years ago and she's still pretty young so she was like 16 and yeah and that's like going back to like the twitter thing that cassie was saying she doesn't even manage her social media anymore like i think she like posts on instagram stories like every now and then when she's not on twitter yeah everything is like team billy eilish i think it's like a recurring theme like i've seen like other artists like i know like lizzo was also like she's not on twitter anymore because people are just like super toxic it's like so insane to me like going to a celebrity's twitter and they post like good morning i had a coffee <laughs> like go like going to the studio and you open the tweet and it just like flop like like cardi b outsold like bts <laughs> Like five videos of BTS dancing, like Dynamite number one, Midnight Sky by Miley Cyrus, like (laughs) negative 100. (laughs) It's all like a numbers game. I think people forget that artists like don't check their mentions anymore, but there are definitely most of them do. And it's like very toxic to just like trying to have a conversation with your fans and seeing like a lot of negativity. Do you guys feel like you can't sometimes even tweet about artists you like as just like a normal person because like a fan from another fandom is going to come at you and be like oh well we're better 100 percent. and i mean i don't know maybe it's because of like the job i have that like i feel that way mm-hmm. but like i never like um, i'm i'm a huge taylor swift fan i've been a taylor swift fan since i was like 13 14 whenever she first came out however old i was And I mean, even last year, like I remember sitting and I had pre-sale to go by for Loverfest and I was super excited. Like I was texting my mom. I was like, great, like I'm in line. I'm going to get it. It was three hours and I got no tickets. And my mom's like, are you kidding? I was like, no. And I posted something and people came at me attacking me because I like just hashtag Loverfest or something. People are like, well, I got a ticket. You can rebuy it for me. Oh, well, it sucks to be you. And I'm just like, why are you attacking me that I was complaining about a three hour wait when I had a like a pre-sale? How am I supposed to go out there and support it when if I hashtag their name or I at them or hashtag their album, then all of a sudden these crazy fans come at me and are like, you don't know what you're talking about. This this album's going to flop or like BTS or whatever. Like Jesus said, it's just like, I can't post anything out there without it like being a text. I totally agree with that. Um, Jenna and I have a friend who's a journalist and he writes, like his job is literally writing about music. So he wrote this article about like a Nicki Minaj thing. And like he had like people on his Instagram comments on his personal instagram just like we found your address on google and like we're gonna kill you and it's like all these like Nicki minaj like fan accounts just like stalking his personal instagram and being like we like come outside like we know where you live and like nikki's not paying your bills like (laughs) go get a job or something like i i don't understand it's so crazy to me because 
I know that like the BTS fandom is like really crazy, but like from what I've seen, like they don't go far. Like they're like kind of wholesome about how insane they are. Whereas like there's other fandoms like Nicki Minaj's fandom where it's like, no, like we're coming at you. We are like sharpening the machetes as we speak. <laughs> like, yeah, especially like when you get older too and bands like progress and maybe sometimes you don't like their music mm-hmm. when it comes out. There are like 13 year olds on the internet that will that are like, I will come and find you. I can't believe you said that. You're absolutely ridiculous. Um, or it's the other way around. Like I love Fall Out Boy. They're my favorite band. Um, and I really love their new music. And I think it's interesting to see how people will come at you and be like, well, their old music was better and they suck now and blah, blah, blah. Um, but they like Panic at the Disco, take them like as an example who were Fall Out Boy and Panic were like, you know, the thing back in the day, S- essentially pretty similar stuff. Um, and then to progress into the mainstream, it's like totally okay for Panic to be what they are. And then people look at Fall Out Boy and they're like, they're just sellouts, like they suck. So I don't ever, if I tweet about things, um, like Taylor was saying, I'll put asterisks so I won't put the full name. I'll asterisk stuff out. I'm going back to BTS, I feel like it's such a big thing right now because like our whole online life is like surrounded by it. But a couple, when they performed at the VMAs, it was like the first time that I had heard their new song and I was like, I tweeted something like BTS's new song sounds like Bruno Mars because I thought it sounded kind of like what Bruno Mars has been doing. But I like, I literally, I think I, I put asterisk over every letter. Like it, you couldn't read BTS or B or T or S. There was nothing. It was just asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Yeah. They still found me. Oh my goodness. I'm curious if any of y'all had like dedicated fan accounts. Yeah, I had a Instagram and I would post on there. And Instagram versus Twitter fandom is really different. Um, Instagram is a lot of young people and it's like, you know, over sexualizing the band, really like gross stuff. But I think it's, it's hard, you know, when they come back from the dead is what people call it. Um, my, the entire timeline is just like scrolling through, um, catfish stuff. And, you know, it's fun, like with your friends to like, be like, oh, we're like excited about this thing and everybody's tweeting at each other. Um, but then I think that there's a disconnect between, um, UK fans and US fans in the way that they treat the band separately. I wouldn't say that they're both of them, one's better than the other. I think they're both pretty like bad sometimes, but having, having personal accounts dedicated toward them, it was fun at first, but now I kind of, I, I changed it to a, a horror fan account now. That's a much more <laughs> chill thing to be a part of. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. What what do you see the difference as between UK and US fans? The UK and the US, I think they get upset when we get more tour dates, but I don't think that they understand that we're a lot bigger than they are. (laughs) Um, And, you know, they kind of, it's very competitive, it feels like, but I have friends over there that don't make it feel that way. But a lot of the time it feels like, oh, well, you know, they get like 22 songs over there and we're lucky if we get like 14. Um, (laughs) I don't know why that is, but um, it's very competitive and, oh, Catfish hates going to the U.S. They hate their U.S. fans, which, you know, I don't know if that's not true. (laughs) I think that 
when it comes to shows and stuff, there's like a huge disconnect on how they we get treated versus like how they get treated and how we treat each other. With you being like an active part of the fandom on social, but like them not like sharing personally on social, like I guess what do those, like when everyone's talking about them, what does it look like? Is it because they're touring or because they're doing interviews? Like I'm personally okay when, if they're not active, I think for me that helped when I started working um, shows that I, I kind of started to understand the life and how people are treated. But the timeline, it looks, people are excited when they announce shows or tours. You know, it's like, we're waiting in line. Oh, this saw, this is what the set list is. People are posting pictures, you know. And you're, if you're lucky enough to meet them, you know, you get to see those like really cool pictures of your friends meeting them. The scary thing is like, sometimes I'm scared to post about like my experiences because they've been positive and other people haven't had positive experience with them. The next night in San Diego, my friend won the contest and we met them two days in a row. And I looked at her and I said, I know that you're really excited and so am I, but just be prepared for like the things that are going to be said online on the, on Twitter about us. Um, so it's kind of like, I'm excited when they get, when they post about stuff um, and everybody looks really happy, but when they don't, it's just back to complaining. Your thoughts? Um, I was uh, just going off the question. Uh, this is really funny, but <laughs> there was this uh, Sky Ferreira update account, and like, I, if you guys are familiar, like, she hasn't released an album in like forever. I don't know, like, since like <laughs> 2012 or something, and she just like keeps posting. So there was this like fan account, and it was literally like Sky Ferreira updates. And they posted like a letter and they were like, well, basically there are no updates. So we're just, <laughs> we're just like, we're just like part, part of this fandom and like keeping up with all these fans, basically complaining all the time. Like, where is the album? It's been like eight years or whatever. And it went kind of viral. And then they, the like paper magazine interviewed the owner of the Stan account. And they were like, there's like, if you have time, look it up. It's like pretty funny, but it also like kind of sad, like the, like devoting so much time to a fandom and then basically being like this person is not doing anything so we're just like updating y'all for no reason (laughs) stuff like that is so so funny because like i haven't been like active in any sort of fandom for like a super super long time but when i was like really young i was like obsessed with this british band called mcfly and like my whole life was like my whole life my whole life was like devoted to just like them like I like had like a live journal account where like everything was just like McFly would like make McFly icons like all of this stuff and like when I moved to England like the first two years they were still a band and then they like went on a hiatus without ever saying that they were going on a hiatus they just kind of like stopped and it was one of those things where I had had like so much personal growth in my life of like being okay with like other people liking a band like later on in life and like all these things and like first I think because McFly is like so tied to like me being younger I still have that like voice in my head that's like you hate them you hate them for doing this to you (laughs) it's like because I was like I finally live in England and I've been wanting to see this band in concert my whole life and I think I got to see them twice which is like still incredible but I was like why why are you doing this and then they were like oh and now we're gonna like combine with busted and make a super group that nobody asked for and ruin your life even more and so I like spent all this money to like just to be able to see them in concert but I was like 
because like busted and mcfly are like compared to each other a lot but busted is like a sexier version of mcfly in a way of like busted sing songs about how they're like trying to like hook up with their school teacher and like mcfly's like oh the like strong man in my town's trying to steal my girlfriend and so it's like it sounds like busted's trying to steal mcfly's girlfriends um and then they combined and like did sort of more like busted type music and like the tiny voice in my head is like you hate them this is awful this is horrible like yell about it on the internet but like I couldn't yell about it on the internet because I'm like I'm a grown person who works in the music industry I can't be yelling about McBusted on Twitter it's like those like inner demons in your brain that are like you see how people act online and you're like I want to do that (laughs) 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 so yeah, it's just that weird thing of being like, oh yeah, I'm like a super fan of this group and they've like continuously disappointed me through like most of my adult <laughs> life. And it's like, I just don't understand like how there are people who are like, yeah, this band's disappointing me. So I need to like hate them so awfully that like maybe it actually hurts their feelings too. I'm like, why do you need to do that? Like, it's hard enough to be a Absolutely. famous person. Like, why do you need to like bring them down just because they're doing yeah. something that you hate? Mm-hmm. like I don't, mm-hmm. it's just so weird taylor or jesus did y'all have dedicated fan accounts at any point i was like trying to think because i feel like i've gotten to the point where i almost almost did it but i never did it the closest like i ever came was i guess like being on like that little swifty app whatever she the taylor swift app that she did a couple years ago i was on that and then, like, I also, like, this is not a musician, but, like, I was a huge fan of Zac Efron, like, back in the day. And I was on Zephron, and I met a lot of good friends online. I mean, and this was in the day and age when parents are like, no, no, don't talk to people online. And I was like, mom, I'm going to be up at, like, 10 o'clock at night talking to my friends in Colorado. What do you mean? And I was like, go to bed. And I'm like, it's, like, one now. It's fine. Like, doing stuff like that. But, I mean, they were real people. I'm friends with them, like we ended up turning our Zac Efron fan fandom into like a Jonas Brothers fandom and became Jonas Brothers fans together. But like, I don't think I ever created an account just because like, I've almost gotten to that point, but like, I wanted to always work in the music industry. So I'm like, I don't want to jeopardize myself. I had a Taylor Tumblr since she was like so active on Tumblr and I was like, oh, maybe I'll try to be part of this. I feel like when she started using Tumblr, like the whole world had like moved on from tumblr so it was kind of just like the taylor like social media at that (laughs) point and then i had i had one for lord i guess like what i used to do instead of like fan accounts it was more like fan sites like i used to like kind of like make like websites and like design them and like code them myself and then i would just like share news and like make like galleries and like archive like photos and then i stopped doing that i stopped doing it like I think like when I started at UT, uh, I just, I was just like, this is, I think this was like my teen thing. And I just like, it wasn't fun anymore. So I stopped doing it. So I'm curious if there's ever been an instance where the fandom has done something that you didn't agree with. So we were at a show. We were like, okay, well, like, let's see if we, you know, can meet them outside the buses. And this is when we found out that they had this security guard. And you could see them kicking football. I think that's what they call it over there. Um, The football around and they're smoking cigarettes and you can visibly see them through like the gates. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just wait. I waited here all day. Like if they want to come out, they'll come out. Um, If not, you know, I have multiple other opportunities this week. And that first night, someone started screaming at them because you could see them and they were like, 
you need to come out here and meet us. It's the least you could do. We, we pay your bills. And I turned and like, usually I'm like pretty composed, but I was like, excuse you, you are going to ruin it for everybody as if it isn't hard enough to try and have like, you know, an interaction with them, which they don't owe us anything. And you guys spoke about that. Um, And I hope no hate to anybody in the catfish fandom, but I hope that one of them will see this and maybe understand and like pull back that that is completely inappropriate. And so the following night in San Diego, they all were walked out to their tour because their tour bus, if you've been to the House of Blues in San Diego, there's like nowhere for them to park that thing. So it's always just like right in the front of the venue. Um, the security guard walked them out and was like back, back, like really just, I've never seen anything like it. Cause I've, I've never been, I've never stand like a huge artist where they have security or been to shows like that. So that was really interesting to see, you know, and they, they waved to everybody, but people were like, please, please like come back, take a picture. And then that Friday at the Palladium, at the end, there were people waiting and they were like, you guys have to leave the parking lot. Like, I'm sorry, there's an after party. They're not coming out to meet you. And uh, there was a girl like on the fence with her arms crossed. And I said, I was like, oh, you know, I've seen her at every show. Like, I hope you're having a great time. And she was like, they're not coming out. Like Van has a terrible memory. Like he knows who I am. And I was like, maybe he doesn't want to remember you. I don't know. Um, But so it's been kind of sad to see some of that behavior, especially because like when I was younger, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know how to act like these people are everything to you. Like One Direction, for an example, like in middle school, we had like, you know, you had your person that you like loved. You were like, oh, I'm a Harry girl. I'm a Louie girl. And I remember my friends, uh, getting into an argument my friend was like Louie will never love you he loves me and I was like we're 12 um (laughs) but to see like that kind of progress (laughs) and then um have my friends be in a band and I used to like sell merch for them and I would go to every show and even people who are like a local band you know maybe like pull in like 50 people a night and they stay and meet everybody the behavior from that even too was some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen, you know, like grabbing and touching inappropriately just because they might be smaller or whatever, like they're still people. And that was hard to see. And then of course, growing up, you kind of, you get over them being like an idol. And like you said, in one of your last podcasts, to not like meet your idols. I think, you know, I think the only person that I see is like that way is like Dave Grohl. Like, I don't want to I don't, I can't meet him because he's not real, but, um, (laughs) yeah, the behavior. And then when I got my job at, um, which is now called Arizona federal theater, just as like a ticket person at the window, the things you hear like that, I would hear outside, you know, we did, um, a K-pop group. I don't remember the name, but, uh, that was, that was absolutely the craziest thing I've ever seen. So it's, it's just, I don't know. I hope that somebody in the catfish fandom will hear this and understand that, you know, they are people too. And um, I know that they're upset that they're not on the internet, but maybe you should rethink your behavior and maybe question, maybe that's why they're not on the internet anymore. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Yeah. It's like the fandom, like, like pushed them to be so distant like this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of, like, fans, like, wanting... Because we talked about this previously, too. It's, like, fans feeling like they're just items for their consumption and like they want to be part of them they, they want them that's why i feel like why people are always so like physical like touching too it's like you want part of them like you want to have a memory of them but a lot of times it's just over the the boundary of what's uh you know just like, normal and acceptable behavior and i feel Absolutely. like that pushes them away yeah and definitely when i was younger i crossed that line like and i'll admit that you know i didn't know any better but as you like as i got older and started working more like within the industry you really just like realize that they're like they're just like real people like i was i loved like i was an emo kid when i was 14 and i loved sleeping with sirens and pierce the veil and bring me the horizon all those bands and um later to then have them play at my venue last year was like kind of like a full circle moment walking through and hearing them sound check. And then um, walking through the back, uh, my coworker was like, oh, I just, I just met the band back there. And I was like, which one? I was just like, sometimes like you kind of like revert back mm-hmm. to like, I can't believe it, but um, you know, it's, uh, it doesn't feel the same way anymore. And I just, it's crazy to me that there are people well into their twenties that are treating artists like they're just a piece of meat. Mm-hmm. I feel like every music fan should just have to like work at a venue or like something for like one day, even just one day, just to, like yeah. be on the other side and like see things like the way that you see, like see things. Cause like, God, like I just remember like when I was younger, like, cause I started doing like concert photography when I was like 15. And so I would just like bring my camera to shows. Cause like, I was like, I, I'm not musically gifted, but I want to like feel like creatively connected to music and like that sort of way. And so I just would like bring my camera to shows and like the, the amount of like more respect that I was given from like bands when like, I just had my camera with me where they'd be like, Oh, like we're going to talk to this person or whatever the case is like in my mind, it still was like, Oh, like this is a band that I like and they're talking to me. And I feel like in some instances, like as a teenager who had like loved music, like her whole life, realizing that like you could get that like connection with a band was like, I think too much of like a responsibility for me to hold. And so it's like, sometimes when I look back on like how teen me acted, like, I don't think I was ever as like insane as like Twitter stands can get sort of thing, but just sometimes like how much I would be like, oh, like this band knows me now. So like, 
now like I just feel like I would like put so much more onto them because I was like well they like me so <laughs> like right. now like I would and I feel like I would expect a lot more and it kind of like soured a lot of like not so much like friendships but it soured like my view of bands when it was like oh like they like me and they like like my photos and or whatever the case is but like they it was always just that thing where they gave me that access that like I didn't even know that I was able to have and then I like expected it and then when it like got to the point where like oh like they're bigger now like they can like work with real people instead of this like 16 year old who like still uses flash at concerts sort of thing and you just (laughs) kind of like you don't really know how to react in those sort of situations and I just feel like if like the internet had been as accessible like then as it is now, I would have been so much more aware that like, that's normal. Like this is no, like people can like have sort of like fleeting friendships with bands or these sort of things. And because I didn't know that that was like something that I could access, I was like, how do I deal with this? And I would just be so like kind of insane about it. And I feel like now the fact that like, the internet like the internet is what it is and you can like see people talk about like interactions with artists or like bands like you can easily like access like um interview with bands from when they first started to now and stuff and the fact that people can still be like we deserve their attention we deserve their time I'm like how can you still be of that mindset like all of these years in the, like in the future with like all of this access to like back catalog and like back information and all of this stuff where it's like it's so obvious that like they weren't always like Halsey wasn't always Halsey like Halsey mm-hmm. at one point was like singing outside a Hot Topic in a mall you know <laughs> <laughs> like it's like that's so obvious whereas like bands like I don't like I guess like All Time Low who have been around for such a long time and like a band who I was like super into and like on like a friendly level with as like a fan and like we were the fans that they knew weren't going to be insane so if somebody's being insane like they look at you knowingly to be like can you get me out of this situation sort of thing like if like it's just one of those things where I don't know how I wasn't insane about that because that feels like something I should have been insane about but like no you don't know like you don't know that like people nowadays are like, wait, All Time Low wasn't always, like, this huge band, because, like, it's so hard to, like, go back and see that back catalog, whereas with Halsey, it's, like, people still tweet it, and they'll be like, Ashley, look at you, (laughs) being a dumbass (laughs) on a mall. (laughs) So, it's just, like, I don't know, it's just so crazy to me that people still, to this day, can, like, get angry when a band's like, we can't meet you, because you scare us. (laughs) It's like, of course you do. I know, and I still get, like, I'm, really friendly with state champs and Mm -hmm. uh that's like a completely different kind of it's like the first band that I that like I wasn't friends with yeah that I like they recognize me or they'll like I don't know it's still weird that they like like Ryan Scott Graham would be like hey like what's up like how are you it's good to see you and I'm like you know who I am that's really weird (laughs) but I'm here all the time I see you all the time so I guess it makes sense um but I still get nervous meeting catfish due to the fandom because I know that they see me um in the front row bright orange head um you know multiple times a night so I know that they see me and I know that they've met me multiple times but I still get nervous as to like I don't want them to think that I'm like some crazy fan because a lot of them are I'm just here because but you know it $30 a ticket that's cheap I'll make a whole trip out of it like let's have fun but a lot of people you know cross those lines but it's funny that you said the internet back in the day this is my greatest memory ever of all time. So when I joined Twitter at like 10 years old, 
I don't know why my parents let me do that. They probably didn't know. I made an account and I thought it was like a chat room because you know how Twitter gave you just like a whole group of people to follow? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a chat room and Pete Wentz was in there. And I was like, Pete Wentz. <laughs> so I tweeted, I, I thought, so we were just like in a chat room together. So I tweeted, so what's up, Pete? Uh, and he never replied, obviously. And I gave him two minutes and then I tweeted, people never ever reply to anyone at all. Um, so that's, uh, that's my cute little memory of awesome. the internet back in the day. He still, awesome. he still has never noticed me, but that's okay. That's God. so funny. So rude. So rude. <laughs> that's my new favorite story. <laughs> I know, same. Like, there's, like, certain bands, like, Fall Out Boy's, like, a band that, like, knows, like, people can be really weird. Like, you were saying about All Time Low, Sarah, because, like, I loved All Time Low, too, and I have, like, there's people I've met since moving down to Florida that, like, are friends with them. Like, that's, like, how, like, I know people, like, back home who, like, know Fall Out Boy. So, like, yeah. they're, like, friends of friends, and it's just, like, weird things like that where you're, like, Okay, they know not everyone's crazy, but they know there are some crazy ones out there. And you're like, and I was definitely one of those when I was ten. I think, <laughs> Clearly, I think, like, I, to be honest, I think everyone was. Everyone that works in the music industry today came from some sort of like fandom. Like, the, the music industry was not just built like by these people who are like, oh yeah, you know, like I can sing. Oh, th- this is a good beat. Hang up. Let me produce this real quick. Like, I know how to manage artists. Like, all of these people came from liking someone that that turned it on and it got like it kept progressing but like I think there's just been this divide where there's like oh there's people like us who are like oh we work in the music industry now like yeah we're still like fans we're still like want to see what's the tea going on like tell me sis come on but like at the same time we're like I'm an adult and I know like how to act and like some of these people are my friends now and there are some people who just like they do not they don't get it that's it like Mm -mm. they don't get it at all Oh, I remember, uh, I think it was Cassie saying this, but I thought this was funny. Well, it's not funny. It's kind of tragic. But uh, (laughs) um, I remember like Ariana Grande was like touring and her fans are also like very active on Twitter and kind of like crazy. But she posted a photo of like an outfit that she wore like for her tour and they were like, oh my gosh, she's wearing the pink ugly outfit again, like with her like mentioned. And she was like, oh, I didn't, like she re- responded like, oh, I didn't know that you guys like hated this outfit so much. Like maybe I'll change it. And then it, it was like this, the same person that she replied to was like, yeah, sweetie, like remember who pays your bills? And it's like, this is the person that you stand and you're like being like, even if you're like being like rude, funny, it's like not funny, like you're basically being like oh you like the thing that you're wearing every night and like someone design is like ugly and you should stop wearing it because i don't like it it's like fans do not need to have that much control over like an artist can do what they want i know and how old is that that person replying 13 they can't buy any merch they're just streaming their music that doesn't their mom is like which t-shirt do you want we only have 25 dollars, but they're like it's fine (laughs) i'll get something for free don't worry about it yeah that's That's like uh, I just like when people tweet something where they're like, oh, like it's like a sarcastic joke. And that like, I would never ever be able to tweet something like so rude being like, oh, like I can't believe like, like Ariana's like wearing this again. Like if Ariana quote tweeted me and was like, I didn't realize you didn't like it. 
I would like b- burn my house down in embarrassment right. and like fear. <laughs> right. I'd just be like, nope, I I no longer exist. Like my whole like no, like oh my god. <laughs> also, it just like makes me. It kind of like makes me worried. I'm like, because I like you don't talk like that to people that you know. Yeah. Or even to like people that you don't know. Like you don't go up to a stranger and you're like, oh, you look hideous like wearing that dress or like something so like what I just like want to understand like in what point or like what sort of like what made these people like feel that entitled to just like treat people on the internet like objects it's like not okay I think people just think they hide behind a computer and they're like I can say whatever I want no one's gonna find me but like there's the deep dark web people are going to find you like don't do it (laughs) yeah and then when people tweet me and stuff and they get quote tweeted they're like oh no I'm so sorry like I love you it was a joke you weren't joking no you meant it well my just like more like nicer thing was just gonna be like has there ever been like an instance where whether it be the fan or like other people in the fandom have like been like I don't know like more positive like not it doesn't necessarily need to be like towards you yourself but like has there ever been like a moment where you've been like oh like I'm really proud to like be part of this fandom because I feel like there's so much like toxicity around things that it sometimes is forgotten like when people come together and like do things for like a good (laughs) instead of evil I was actually at the reputation tour when she uh, it was like the anniversary that she sued the guy for a dollar for grabbing her ass and I was actually at that and like everyone um when she did when she played the piano they all like had dollar bills with her face on it that they like pulled out and it was like really cool it was something like she had no idea about and like the fandom got together and did that and people had like signs for it and I was like that was something cool because it was public, but then they kind of tried to push it down. But it was something to kind of show, like, you know, we support you for doing that. Like, you like you shouldn't have had to go through that. Like, you're not lying about it. And I mean, like, there are good people in fandoms that, like, do support in, like, times like that. To be there and to see it, you're like, okay, wow, like, you're really in this moment. This is really cool. People are really supporting it. People are super into it. No one's, like, they're trying to elbow each other no one's like I didn't get picked for the rep room or whatever like people were there at one moment just to be like yes we support you we stand by you and she did like a whole I don't know if it was like a eight I, I recorded the whole thing of course it was like a 10 minute long speech or something just about it and then like everyone like pulled out these signs and like the dollars and like people were like she was like what like so I mean there's little moments like that but I think sometimes they get so overshined by all the negativity that's going on about any other fandom too that's super moving I feel like it's really incredible when you can like Mm -hmm. give this artist even just like a tiny bit of like joy Mm -hmm. in the way that they give like their fans joy so I'm just Mm -hmm. like that's really powerful (laughs) like it Mm -hmm. actually happened yeah yeah I think that's like a really awesome like touching story too like especially when it's like an artist on that scale of like because to a certain degree they are very inaccessible but it's like the fandom can still show their support in that way in person which is really cool I think about a few things I've been a part of like you know people will um like do those fan projects and you'll like stick it like on the flashlight of your phone and the whole stadium lights up purple um they did that at fallout boy and you know it's really fun to see the expressions on their faces and uh you know those fan projects are awesome and i commend the people that put them together because i 
I don't even know where I would start, but um, for BBC did a video kind of, I think it was like Catfish in the Bottom and The Rise, maybe is what it was called. And it started like talked about how they used to just like play in parking lots after really big gigs in the UK and like hand out CDs and just like hope that somebody would hear them all the way up to where they are now, like one of the biggest bands over there. Um, and it felt like, and like the, in that moment, it felt like really proud that like I could be, I felt like I was like a part of this thing mm -hmm. that was like bigger than itself. Cause it's really easy to dwell on the negativity of, you know, this happened at this show or I haven't had, you know, this perfect experience, but um, it's really great. And then when they, I always had said that if they headlined Reading and Laser Glastonbury, I would be there. And to see that and hear um, his interview and how excited they were to be able to do that like they finally have got there because they said that they'd never attend that festival until they could have headlined it um cool. so it's really cool and, it, and I feel really I don't know I feel really excited that I'm gonna go and see that um and I just feel I feel proud to be a part of it and um even though like a lot of the time it is very toxic but um and all the friends that I've met, a lot of them are lifelong friends. And really it's like, I travel. Yeah, I want to see this show, but I want to see mm -hmm. these people that I love um, outside of it. So I'm very proud to be a part of it and to not be a part of the drama. Yeah, and the experience is just so much better when you do have those friends and those memories of like, especially when you're like all so excited and you're like traveling to a show together, it makes it like all that much more special to be able to share it with like, people who are just as like excited and passionate about it as you are. I think mine's kind of similar to Taylor's, but I was thinking about when Taylor Swift was doing the trials for the sexual harassment case. There was like a group of fans that worked in an office right across of the, I guess like the, cor the courthouse or whatever where she was going. And I, I think the whole thing lasted like maybe like five days and like every day they were like uh, writing messages for her with like post-it notes yeah. basically like making like all these like message like encouraging messages with like her lyrics or like things like that and at the end like she like she won the case or whatever and she noticed that these girls were doing this thing and like she like I think she like maybe like bought them like flowers or like food or some sort of thing I mean it's I, I think that was a cool thing I was like it's I feel like in a lot of situations artists are like there for us in like hard situations when like I don't know when we were going through like breakups or like I don't know like death or you know like big like things in our lives and like it's cool that sometimes people like that could do, be there for her in like a situation like the way that she's been there for us. It's a really cool way to put it of like because like the music is like the soundtrack to your life and like it gets you through hard times and for them to like, like for the artist to also acknowledge that like the other way around too is just so special. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I loved this conversation. I feel like we got to talk about a lot of different areas of fandom culture. We're so happy you were able to join us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. If anybody wants to tell me their horror stories, my Instagram is x. Cassie Marie X. I have fun talking about this and I think what you guys are doing is really important and I can't wait to get I hope I can't wait to see you guys get huge so. Oh thank, thank you so much. Yeah of course thank you. That's so precious. Thank you guys so much for having me too like I had a blast and like Cassie said like this was so insightful just to like talk to everyone and see like different people's experiences about what they're doing and all. Um, if you guys want to follow what I do or if you see me at a festival um, on Instagram I'm 
the period camera period lady. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was so cool like seeing like, I guess like I would have never thought about how other fandoms like interact and like the issues they have. Um, so yeah, it was very cool to hear like a lot of different experiences. And if you want to follow me or send me your folklore top 10, my <laughs> ad is Jesus, A-C-O-S-T-X. That's my last name with an X at the end. So that was an absolute blast and a pleasure of a time. <laughs> we got to talk about like so much more than I even thought we would. And it was really cool to hear everyone's like personal anecdotes because the experiences of this clearly like it's a common theme right a reoccurring theme but experiencing it on the different levels from like uh catfish in the bottle bin like baby bands like watching them grow up to like taylor swift who's like one of the biggest stars in the planet it's just really cool how it spans across fandoms yeah and it was just interesting to like hear how all three of our guests have like grown as like music fans from like cassie's like story of being like 10 on twitter being like p once is here like we have to calm down and also just having them share like a really positive memory of being part of a fandom was like really special I think because I feel like at least for myself who like hasn't been part of a fandom since I was like probably 16 years old like you constantly are just seeing people getting angry on the internet and so being reminded that like that's not always the case is just like really great it's a beautiful Um, moment (laughs) yeah really and I mean, if our other listeners have any like thoughts or any like opinions on like fandom culture, whether that be like positive things or negative things, if you have another type of experience being part of a fandom that you want to share with us, like as I say, the conversation's never over. So come chat with us on Twitter. Um, our handle is at name3songs. Um, and then you can also talk to Jenna and myself privately if you so choose at Sarah underscore Fagan and at Jenna underscore million. So thank you guys for joining us on Name 3 Songs. Until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to Harry Styles. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. It really helps. If you want to find out more about anything we talked about today in this episode, you can visit Name3Songs.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.